Thanks for joining me today. We're still in the first few episodes, so I thought it might be fun to get to know me a little bit. I decided to have my friend Anna come over to ask rapid fire questions over tea and scones. Here are a few snippets from that conversation. I hope you enjoy it. I'm Tina, a wife and stay-at-home mom of three boys. Life is full of crazy, and I want to share it with you. I really want to do this podcast, but like you, I don't always have time to sit down and record. So we are going to fold laundry, bake, do all the things together while we talk. I want to talk about our struggles, our victories, what works, what doesn't work, and how our faith plays a part in it all. I'll also be interviewing others who know way more than I do on certain topics. I'm glad you're here to walk through life with me. Ready to go? I don't know. Yeah, just just start. Just go. Well, first question I have is why did you decide to start a podcast? As a mom, I think it's really easy to feel alone and I definitely know what it's like to feel alone and it is it's just so common to have that and but it's necessary for us to know that we're not the only ones struggling the only ones who can't get life together I'm there too and something that I find to be very helpful is listening to other moms candidly talk about what they're walking through and working through especially the silent struggles like even postpartum depression I don't see a lot of people talking about that openly. Mm -hmm. And so I want to work through things like that and just life in general to hopefully provide encouragement and support. And this seemed like a good means to do that. Yeah, that's great. I like that. I agree. I think there's some things that come across as sort of like taboo to talk about. And that's not good, especially in like Christian communities. We want to be open with each other and walk through life together. So. That's awesome. Um, What is it like to be a mom of three boys? There is a lot of energy and wrestling, but honestly, they give the best hugs and they are so sweet and they all still love to snuggle up next to me and just sit or, or hear, just like listen to me, read a book, a different story, tell, tell something that that happened to me as a kid or to Josh or, you know, they just, they just want to be there and be right up next to me. And especially Isaiah, he's been coming up a lot, multiple times a day right now. He's four. Mm -hmm. And, and he just likes to say, I just love you so much, mommy. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, So there, there, there are a ton of those sweet moments along with the crazy. They love life a lot. And, And they've kind of helped me try to get out of the orderliness that I love and enjoy the here and now. What is your proudest moment? I have a few. Is that cheating? It's your podcast. You can make the rules. (laughs) (laughs) I think my proudest moments could be um, a few years ago when I finished my degree Um, I finished online, but it had been several years since I took my time out from college 
and just with three boys, I just felt so accomplished. When Josh was deployed, I was just an emotional wreck and we got married and then we were poor newlyweds and then we were poor, <laughs> poor new parents. Yes. And then, yeah. It wasn't the priority in no. those moments. Yeah. No, it wasn't. But then uh, the Lord gave us actually an opportunity of a really still quiet time, a uh, few months in our life that it, it wasn't the time that we had planned, but it was a good opportunity for me to actually finish my degree. Mm -hmm. And so I think, I think that's, a, that's a proud moment in my life. Another proud moment would be um, a couple years ago when I determined to actually make eating well and activity, like consistent activity, a priority as well. And, and that's when I ended up losing that initial 55 pounds, which is just crazy to think about. I had never really lost all the weight after, after our youngest was born, but making those lifestyle changes like and sticking to them seeing seeing that change with my physical health and even emotional health and mental health that was pretty cool that i could stick to it and i think um then last year i was actually able to run my first half marathon wow. and i was not used to this kind of fall weather mm -hmm. where it's 90 degrees still <laughs> in the fall <laughs> So when I signed up for a fall half marathon, I thought I was thinking, you know, Minnesota fall where it's nice and cool and enjoyable and it's 90 degrees in the middle of the afternoon. And at mile three, I was texting Josh and I'm like, I'm not going to make it. But finishing that, that was, that was really cool. Yeah. Those are all really impressive. Um, I don't think I knew that about your bachelor's degree. So that's really cool. Congratulations. <laughs> it's belated, <laughs> very belated. What are some small things that make your day better? Other than running, I love baking. Baking is kind of, baking is my happy place. It's one of my happy places. Another thing I think would be music. Having the right music going. I love, I love having music playing in the background because it's kind of a good mood, temperament setter. And What is something you think people should try to do at least once in their lives? Right now, the thing that just popped into my head was taking the time to listen to someone else's story and perspective and listen. Mm -hmm. I think, I think taking that time can really change a life or change a perspective or an outlook on, yeah. on life. What mistake do you keep making again and again? I don't always respond well. I can let my emotions or, or just like instant thoughts, feelings, I can let that just kind of take the driver's seat and just drive and go sometimes. But I know that, that that's something that I'm prone to. And so I know that that's something that I need to be aware of and working on. Mm -hmm. and, and I can definitely tell when I haven't been doing a very good job because then I hear it echoed in the boys and their responses to each other. And then I'm like getting after them. Like, that was not very nice. You need to, you need to speak with kindness. And, and then I realize, oh, that really sounds a lot like me. And yeah. so I think, I think that's something that I notice in myself is a, a instant reaction instead of a calm response. How did you meet your husband, Josh? We actually overlapped my first semester freshman year and then 
second semester, he uh, joined the army and was off doing his superhero stuff. And then that next fall, my sophomore year, he came back and um, he was also part of the ROTC program. And I hung out with a lot of the ROTC group. And so when this handsome guy comes into my principles of Bible study class and, and he's wearing his camo, his ACUs, and he wasn't acting like a freshman, I didn't know who he was. And I'm like, okay, hang on now. I've got to figure out who this guy is. So I sat near him and, you know, I talked to a friend right in front of him that, you know, hoping to somehow, I don't know. And then eventually, yeah, then we would just talk and became friends and studied together. He was just really easy to talk to and get along with and relate to. And it was just really easy to be friends. And I thought he was really cute. That also helps. <laughs> That's awesome. What challenging thing are you working through these days? I think these days it's been really easy to get caught up in what's going on around me or how difficult I think it is or how isolated I feel I might be, just how, how hard this is on me and change my focus back to who God is. You know, I think, I think that right now has been a good challenge. And, and I've been enjoying my time in the Psalms because David, like he's clearly dealing with some pretty heavy stuff. And then at the end of the Psalm, he can come back and praise God for being his rock in that. And that's probably my challenge right now that I'm dealing with is where I can just get so caught up in looking around and looking down and letting that consume me instead of accepting that God knows exactly what's going on. He's not surprised. He has a plan through this. Yeah. And just kind of resting in him in that plan. And that, that might not even be like a specific challenge to right now because if I really think about it, that's been a challenge all along because I do really like to have a good plan and to feel in control of that plan. And so far, I haven't been able to really be in control of that plan. I don't know why I still fight it, but... That is very relatable, for sure. What personality trait do you value the most? Is it cheating to say humility? Because humility does cover so many facets of life. But a personality trait of humility, they're going to admit when they've done something wrong and be a good example in the beauty of being able to admit and have a good attitude even when you've done something wrong. And I mean, humility, humility is Christ. That might be the personality trait that I value the most and that I definitely do not have. Definitely don't have all the time. That sounds terrible, but sometimes I do. <laughs> sometimes I'm humble. <laughs> you know what I mean. Some days it feels a lot easier when the boys are behaving and then I can be gracious and merciful to them. That's a good one. Where is your happy place? I, I have more than one happy place. I love baking. 
and I love gardening. I get from my paternal grandmother because those happy moments that I can think of from childhood mostly are the moments I spent with her. Um, they lived about a mile away and they had a bigger farm than our farm and she had this huge garden and so she would let me garden with her. Oh my goodness, I probably caused so much trouble but she made me feel as though I was actually a benefit to have around. Mm -hmm. She, yeah, she was incredible. And then, then we'd go inside and we'd bake something. So that's part of why baking just has such happy thoughts, happy memories. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's another happy place. Also, there's that element of baking that you can kind of control things. <laughs> it's See? a good feeling, it's a good feeling. There's clearly another problem I have of oh, the, the desire to control where it's, it's a little, it can be more time-consuming, but it's slower. I enjoy cooking, but baking is slower. And I feel it's more controlled. But yeah. So baking and gardening and running are probably my happy places. Okay. I enjoy running more alone or with another adult than with the boys on their bikes. It's a little easier to share my happy place in the garden or in the kitchen with them because that is something that I had seen mirrored for me in my grandmother who brought me into her happy place. Mm -hmm. And so I, I actually, I very often talk about her yeah. when I'm doing either of those things yeah. and they're eating green beans straight out of the garden and I tell them, I used to do that too. Mm -hmm. Grandma never had enough to take in for dinner because I ate most of them. <laughs> um, so I, I love sharing those two happy places yeah. with them. So how did your love for baking start? There's this, there's this one day that's pretty vivid in my mind where I stopped over because, like I said, it was only about a mile away. So we would sometimes just bike over and she didn't mind. <laughs> we just Showed came up. in to her life. Um, and that day, my goodness, she made, I don't know what she was even doing it for. She just loved baking. But she made bread and cookies and a pie Oh man, what was a lot? It was like four different things. And so we made all four things together. And and then we had tea. Wow. She would she would make black tea and my mine was mostly sugar. But well sure. <laughs> but yeah, so I feel like that was like a huge a huge jump start in in my love of baking just because it was with my feet probably my favorite person growing up. That's great. That's incredible that she was making that many things in one day. I don't even know why she did it, but maybe just because she so she could bake more with you. Maybe that wasn't her plan. And she's just like, I just want to spend more time with them. So she's like, let's bake another thing and another thing and another thing. That has to have been it. You were talking about being a mile down the road from your grandmother. Um, where did you grow up? I grew up on a small hobby farm in Minnesota. My dad had his full-time engineering job down in the Twin Cities, 
And um, then he had all of his hobby farm things as soon as he got home. And so we were able to have basic farm animals and experience the, the hard work in chores and other responsibilities. And just having space to run. Thinking about it now as a mom, my mom probably, I mean, maybe she knew where we were all the time, but we were all over the place. We were, we were seriously all over. We would, I, I was telling the boys yesterday how, um, I had this tiny pony and, um, she was just my size. I would throw the saddle on, cinch it up, put the bit on, put the bit in her mouth and I would just go out for a ride. And I don't know if my mom knew that that's what I was doing. I was out riding a horse. I don't know if she, she probably just loved the quiet. Now that I'm a mom, you know, you kind of appreciate the quiet. <laughs> sure. Maybe she just didn't ask questions, but I mean, maybe she knew what I was doing, but I, yeah, I would just, just go out and explore and yeah, go out into the swamp where we weren't supposed to. Sorry, Dad. Of course, not that you're going to be listening to this anyway. So that is where I grew up, in the middle of nowhere. I hear that accent a little bit. It's not super strong most of the time, but I, occasionally I'll hear little snippets. Do you now, or did you growing up, have any food traditions? So, for example, cinnamon rolls on Christmas, a weird Thanksgiving side that you always had every year that nobody else has ever heard of besides your family, that kind of thing. So there were simple little things. Uh, we always got to pick our favorite food for our birthdays. Mm. So that changed every year. Um, I'm sure it was often mac and cheese when we were little. And oh my goodness, it's the blue box that we saw in the commercial because <laughs> it's our birthday. Um, so so that, was, that was like a food tradition I also know that every time that grandma would let us stay over last minute um, at her house, the next morning there was always a full plate of homemade pancakes, like everything from scratch. She did everything from scratch. Right. And so it was always pancakes and then she would spread butter on them and it would just like soak right up and then she'd cut it pizza style. So they're little triangles. And so even now, occasionally I'll put some butter on the boys' pancakes and cut them pizza style just because they taste better that way. Yeah, I'm do. pretty sure. And another tradition that I haven't found anybody else outside of our family who does it is rice pudding. Uh -huh. So it's kind of like a rice with custard. Yeah, I've heard of it. Type with some it. cinnamon and... Mm -hmm. um, what is it? Cinnamon and nutmeg sprinkled on top. So yeah, it's, I, I thought it was from like a Great Depression era type food because it contains rice, heavy cream, and eggs. Yeah. And then, you know, some salt and such. But um, actually, I, it goes back further over, it's like a European type dish. Oh. And so I don't think it was just my grandma's recipe or my great grandma's recipe that we've been making for decades now. I think it's actually her mom's recipe. So it would be my wow. great great grandma's or beyond recipe. And so even now, last Easter, I actually made it for our family and the boys had never had it. And meanwhile, I'm, I'm 
working on it here in the kitchen and I'm just bawling because Aww. I'm just thinking this is just such a sweet memory because the smell, just the idea behind it was just, it was just bringing back such happy family holiday thoughts from my grandma's house because she made it every holiday, mm -hmm. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter. Yeah. And so that just a whole warm, full family that it, it just encompasses all of that. Food has a lot of memories with it. I think for people. It does for me, for sure. It's funny that you say the pizza style thing because my dad would do that with waffles and pancakes for us too, but then he would like turn them so the points faced out. Oh, really? So it was like a little sun. So it, he like would arrange them in a circle so it was like a little sun. Do you have a morning or evening routine? Ideally, it would be wonderful if I had uh, enough motivation every morning to get up and do some sort of a physical activity, then get some quiet reading done, make breakfast and have the boys peacefully come down the stairs, <laughs> give me a kiss on the cheek, good morning, mom, and then, wow, breakfast looks amazing, and, <laughs> and go sit down and quietly eat and not run around. Uh, so that's not what happens. Um, that would be ideal. Also, I. See, I need to have a better bedtime routine in order to get that kind of a morning routine because I feel like it's far too easy for me once they're in bed to then think, oh, this is our alone time together. And then we end up staying up too late and then I'm worthless in the morning. Yeah, and then you can't get up early and, you know, you just end up getting up at the same time as your kids or close to the same time. You can't really get anything done. I agree with you, though. The key to a good morning routine is an evening routine. And I'm also very bad at evening routines. Kind of a night owl. And so, yeah, like you said, when, when Ezra goes to bed, it's like now I get to, you know, hang out with my husband and just relax for a little bit. Grown-up time that you haven't had all day. Right. It sounds like you like coffee. So coffee or tea, like, cause we're, we have tea right now in front of us, but do you, if you had to choose one forever and you could never have the other, which would you choose? I don't know why it's, it shouldn't take me this long. It's coffee, but I, I also personify everything and I feel bad that my tea is sitting here listening <laughs> to me. Just cover up its ears. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah, coffee. I don't know what it is. It, there's just that that coziness to it, and and I know not everybody likes it. I have one more question for you. What is your favorite Bible verse? Okay, so you're sitting here in my kitchen. I sure am. And you may have noticed that there's a handful. <laughs> there are a lot of post-it notes up here in my kitchen. I I put more up thinking, oh, this will be good for me to see and remember, yeah. and then I'm just gonna I don't know osmosis memorize them or something. It's taking a while. It's still not really picking, uh, kicking in. I but... see the post-it notes. I also really like the um, this the uh, wooden plaque that says five stars would eat here again. I, I have to heartily agree to that. I've eaten here a couple times and it's always been good. Well, good. That's good to know. I think there are a few here because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat again and, and do more than one. Um, Psalm 1914, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And then um, another verse that actually um, I stumbled upon this spring, come and hear 
all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. Psalm 66, 16. And I just feel like, like, I want that to be said of me. Oh, Tina's, she loves to share who God is and, and how God's feeding her. I think maybe, maybe just those two for right now. Yeah. There, there's verses that hit me different seasons of life, different, different moments and circumstances. And I think in the day to day, letting my words and my thoughts be honoring to him and then being ready to proclaim how good he is to me. And that means that I'm thinking about how good he is to me in order to be ready to proclaim what he's done for my soul. I'm so glad Anna was able to come over tonight because we had a lot of fun. And if you want to get any more glimpses into my life, you can check me out at Tina Hornick on Instagram. And if you're interested in the pumpkin scones recipe, head over to keepingmysanity.com.